So today is the 14th of September, and we're reading this chapter titled, Attention Means Attention. Now, of course, Joko used the word attention, and then she also used the word awareness, um, in part because, obviously, the original story has to do with the Japanese character, and it could be translated into attention or awareness, in part because when we use a word like attention, which is an English word, we have all sorts of other um, connotations and denotations that we add to that word, and if we get caught in holding on to those, then it takes us away from the central point that's being made. So, attention, fine. Awareness, fine. Experiencing, fine. Whatever word that has the similar sense of it can be a fine translation for the original. The point of what Joko's saying and of what this chapter is about is Attention, attention, attention. No need to think about what that is. It's being present, if I say it that way, but that's two words, or awareness, or experiencing. The the issue is, and as Joko talks about it in a number of places, is we very quickly turn it into a, a subject object or even subject verb and sneak in I'm being attentive or I'm paying attention to such and such rather than seeing that it's this whole very attention or awareness that is who we are and therefore doesn't require anything extra and yet seems to require a lot because of how much we resist this very fundamental, what could be considered dry, ordinary, not, not particularly interesting, not particularly exciting, to you pick up on words that Joko uses. It's this moment, and that, that's it. Nothing more is needed except to keep discovering all the ways we avoid this very attentiveness, attentioning that is being who we are. Okay, I don't want to say too much more because I think, as I say, these chapters are um, encouragement for our practice and our exploring practice together. It's not that you need to remember one word versus another word, but simply to reflect on and embody this in our own life. So I'll stop now, and we can, since you've all read this, and even the previous chapter, which in a sense led up to this, it's just another way of saying this 
coming to our senses is another way of saying attention, which is what our senses are, naturally. So it's just another facet. So let's see what you, any points that you've discovered in reading this and reflecting on this in your practice. And I know some of you have, because people have already brought it up to me. Everything is the way, and looked at the precept doing good, and it's being just this moment, which is the same thing as attention, attention, attention. <laughs> yes, we say the same thing over and over in a thousand yeah. ways. <laughs> Isn't it great? It is great, and it wasn't what I was expecting from uh, doing good. <laughs> oh, so what were you expecting? Um, and I think what I was expecting is, is you know, the, the person deciding to do something nice for somebody else or, <laughs> um, well, helping out my relatives financially, you know, this sort of thing. That's the next one. Then you could talk about doing good for others, but even that's not going <laughs> to say be okay, but that's fine. But it's still attention, you know, if yes. you see the need to do something, yes. you have to be... Then you do okay. it. Yeah. And, and Joko talks about that, and not doing it in a, um, what should I say, a special way or trying to adapt and adopt a special attitude of how you do. Um, She talks specifically about it, about people who are very slow, meticulous, try to be very almost controlling of their functioning, which is just another self-centeredness way, which might be useful in some ways, but in other ways... um, brings along the problem in its, um, uh, what should I say, predetermination and and attempt to impose upon this moment life. Or attempt to construct a gap between light, the way life is and the way we believe we should do life. And then I noticed that 
mosquito was biting me uh, on the ankles, and then he moved up to my hand and uh, got me on the little finger and my thumb, and <laughs> um, I think I tried to swat him away, and I think at that point he uh, died. <laughs> Not, I wasn't meaning to do that, but anyway, <laughs> but, um, and of course then I went back to reading, and I could also hear the traffic, so, I mean, how many things can you <laughs> pay attention to? Ah, but see, when we add on, I have, how many things can I pay attention to? We've already broken up in attention into me and attention, and I've got to pay attention. In a way, in a way, I mean, she talks about that. It, it is, uh, if it's, I'm paying attention to this or that or that, then we already are breaking up our life, which is all five, six senses, multiple myriad senses all together at once, there, there isn't I am paying attention to. That's the fundamental um, uh, sticking point, if I say it that way. Or not the, but a fundamental sticking point is we want to direct, we think we have to direct we think we have to focus on. Now, of course, there are times you need to focus on uh, certain things, but attention isn't dependent upon I am focusing on paying attention to the car sound, or I am focusing, though as a a provisional um, training device, there might be things like that we do, such as paying attention to breathing as a beginning. But I know some of you might have heard me say it, that if you come in and say, I am breathing, my practice is breathing, I ask you, is it you breathing? And if so, or if you ca- is it you counting breath? And if so, see if you could allow the breath to count breathing, if breath can be the awareness of breathing. Just to a little bit, as a provisional device, let go of that. Of course, even... Paying attention to breathing is is extra. Breathing breathes, and we don't have to add anything because we are this, if you want to say, myriad things, breathing, hearing the car sounds as that arises, feeling the chair we're sitting on, and so forth. Or we use those as a provisional training device because of how scattered Uh, and how uh, much we jump from one thing to another, and how much we're caught up in in different self-centered forms. Uh, Yes? Uh, Something that I've noticed lately is that the stories we make up about ourselves which might suggest that we aren't that attentive, uh-huh. aren't necessarily accurate. Ah. Yeah. Um, that is, if, if something, for example, um, you know, uh, knowing what to do, but 
thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. so something comes up and there's a response, and but it's a, it's just something that is an automatic response that's appropriate that shows me, for example, in my case, that well, you know, I actually am a 60 year old woman and not the sometimes teenager person I carry around in my mind. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, that, that's not that, you know, I, I actually am an adult, and I think everybody here is really adult. And they act appropriately, but sometimes I think we we just overthink. Th- I overthink things, mm-hmm. and that's where I have the trouble. When I start to overthink, then I'm not paying attention. Yes, and that that's a good um, signal, if we say it in that way. So when you notice whatever you call overthinking, that's an opportunity to to see what skillful effort right there for you because the noticing overthinking is the reminder of how in a sense you're cutting off yourself from yourself what's the skillful effort that depends on the circumstances that depends on your you and your capacity at the moment. Sometimes we notice it when we notice an emotional reaction either on our part or on the part of those who are with us. Sometimes we notice it because we notice that we're bumping into things that are always there and yet somehow we're not seeing them. And it could be physical things, and it could be mental things, and it could be internal things, and it could be external things, so-called. It's important to notice what we consider so-called included and so-called excluded from attention and what we believe about that and what we do based on that belief. For instance, Joko, at the end of the chapter on page 172, on the top, towards the top of the page, he says, if we find ourselves thinking that our feelings are more important than what is happening at the moment, we need to notice that thought. Sweeping the walk is reality. Our feelings are something that we've made up, like a web we have spun in which we catch ourselves it's an amazing process that we put ourselves through in a way we're all crazy (laughs) and what she means by crazy is we're out of touch with the reality of the moment that's 
for those of you who are who have some sort of professional um, training in this area, there's a phrase called poor reality testing. In a way, attention means so-called appropriate or skillful reality te- testing. Crazy is having poor reality testing. Reality testing? Is that what you're saying? Yes, reality testing. In other words, you don't know what's real and what's not, which is what Joko said. In other words, um, we are caught in a, in a web of thoughts and feelings which keeps us from the reality of the moment. So that's reality testing. In other words, just because you think there's a snake in the room doesn't mean there is a snake in the room. Just because you think, oh, that person hates me. See, they didn't look at me or they haven't spoken at me. Therefore, I've got to do such and such to them. That's poor reality testing unless you have some evidence. But people, we, sometimes get caught in those things, whether it's about ourselves or about others. Oh, I'm so stupid because three months ago I forgot to do such and such, and how could I have done it? You know, oh, and we go on and on about that for three months, carrying that along. So that's called poor reality testing. Three months ago there might have been something to do or not do, but now we're long past that. And sometimes it's three months, and sometimes it's three years, and or as Faye said, sometimes it's 30 or 40 years. Um, you know, Alec, you, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. I, you know, when you use a phrase like that, a psychological term like that, I have to admit it, it triggers something for me. Because, you know, to use a phrase like that is to evoke people who make judgment calls about things like that that are using their own... Um, Labeling, yes, you know, to to, to uh, their own thoughts to determine whether somebody else is in that circumstance, and sometimes it can be the therapist with poor reality testing. You're hundred so percent right, except except if we're getting, I mean, when it's, when it's used in those professional settings. It often has to do whether someone is doing things that results in harming themselves or others. Um, but I agree with you. I, I'm picking up a term that's used in another setting, but I'm talking about using it here in part because Joko just said, in a way, and I, I, as I quoted her at the end of the paragraph on 172 on the top, she says, in a way, we are all crazy. And that's, right. that's right. the way I'm using that word. Right. That's why I picked it up. Would you talk a little bit about the sentence? It's near the end of the chapter. It's about... On page uh, what? 172. It's, say, two-thirds of the way into the last chapter. I mean the last paragraph. That's what I want, paragraph, not chapter. In a sense, love is simply attention, simply awareness. Yeah. Um, 
Let me first find that two thirds. Okay. Uh, I can't. You said it's. Well, you could go to the end of the chapter and then move up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines, eight lines. Yes. In other, I'll say it a different way. The greatest gift we can give when we're with another is awareness or attention. Because we're giving ourselves to being with them together in the moment. So that's what she's saying. Or at least that's how I understand what she's saying. In other words, being with the person as they are now and as I am now, as opposed to some idea I have about what they should be doing or how I should do that or how I should convince them. Or So, love in that sense is giving all that we have of ourself in which is this moment attention. That's how I hear and read what she says. And I thought she was also talking about, because she had just talked about her daughter, and let's say her daughter says she's not coming to visit her at Christmas, and, you know, I thought she was also talking about seeing the person, you know, just um, as they are right right then, and not ha- carrying this thought of why didn't she come to see me, and, yes. you know, ha- still having that stuff in, in her mind. That, that's right. In other words, she's saying... not bringing old resentments into the present moment because that that there might have been a hurt about that a resentment about that two months ago or two weeks ago but if I'm carrying it around now it blinds me to being with her now or hearing and seeing her now or it um, muffles my ability to hear what she's saying because it all gets translated through that she didn't come for Christmas or whatever the uh, um, item is the old resentment or the and it could it could be something other than that it could be a, a, a continuing expectation if she really loved me she would and you fill in what she would do. She would want to be with me so more often. How come she only came now, but she didn't come for the last three months? Or how come she didn't bring me roses when she came? Or how, you know, and you fill in the, the condition or resentment or whatever else is there. That's what okay. she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, her, earlier on that same page, she kind of does, does what I want to say, the prelude to that, and in a sense turns it around. It's right above the reference that you made earlier, Gamio, at the top yes. of that, 72. And she says, if we remember something that happened six months ago, uh, when the memory come, and with the memory come upset feelings, she says we should, our feelings should be looked at with interest, nothing more. Uh-huh. And though that sounds cold, it is necessary in order to be a genuinely warm and compassionate person. So it's not just other people yes. that we need to pay attention to. And 
for, for the most part, what comes between us and paying attention to other people is our fixation on ourselves. Yes. And not being willing to look with interest at the feelings that come up, like she talks about, with her daughter and etc. Yes. Um, oftentimes, that, that's what we stumble over trying to get to the other person is ourself. Um, and sometimes we don't even, you, you use the word trying to get to the other person, we don't even notice the other person because we only notice our, through, through our story of feelings, etc., about the other person and about myself and what I need or should get. And it sort of bounces off that. So part of this is encouraging us to be present, be present, or be attention. Be, and of course we can't not be attention except if we block ourselves. Attention or awareness is not something extra. It's not something you have to do something to do. It is who you are, except when you're refusing to be who you are, or except when you insist on being, I am such and such, or looking through the lens of I am and I want and I need, etc. Well, it's not, it's not that we can't or don't pay attention. It, it just seems that you know, where we get into trouble is in terms of what we're paying attention to. Well, attention is, unless we're unconscious. Yes. Attention is always there. But and see, when we pay attention to, in a sense, what we're really doing is blinding ourselves to all the rest of, if I say it in such a way, all the rest of this moment, except through that lens of two. I'm paying attention to, and that becomes a lens and a blinder. It's almost like being a horse with blinders, for those of you who are familiar with horses, on, uh, on both eyes, so they only can see what's in front of them. And that's useful if they're racing, but it's not very useful if our blinders keep turning us in certain directions so that we miss the rest of our own functioning, much less whatever else is in the universe at the moment. Well, that, you know, there's a, the chapter is very, you know, it expresses a very fundamental and basic concept yes. of this practice. But it's, I, I think it, it can be difficult for us because of the way we have to talk about it and think the way we think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to use, word, we use words like paying attention as if there's some transaction taking place. Yes. Notice it, it it's... The way we talk about it, but it's the way humans talk about it, because the story begins with yeah, uh, with with uh, with a, a student coming to the master and saying, "Write something that's great, great wisdom." And the master writes a, a character, and the student says, "Oh, that's not enough." See, the, the, so it doesn't matter what language it's in. That was probably a Chinese character written by, let's say, a Japanese. Um, 
teacher writing the character, and the, the student interprets it and says, that's not enough. I need something that's significant, that's, you know, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Then I've got something. So, so, and then you have the rest of that dialogue between them. Because us humans, no matter how and where we are, function in that way. No matter what language we speak, each language has its own proclivities and tendencies, but that's, you know, and the people who speak it therefore get somewhat um, channeled by that language. But don't worry about the language, because this is what us humans do. And I don't, we don't have to worry about other beings. They'll, it's enough for us to, d- to deal with what humans do and don't do, and what's skillful for us humans to, in, in our practice life. Yeah, I thought it was amusing that the student wanted something profound or subtle. One of the two. Either one would do. Uh-huh. Well, if, if we have idea of what's profound or subtle, then we, we already begin to look through, the, through those filters at everything that we see. And of course, we look at it and then we judge to, without comparing it to our ideas of what we think would be profound or subtle, which of course assumes that we know what's profound and subtle, and that profound and subtle that we think about is what's important. Which, you know, all those if, ands, and buts creates lots of problems. All those thoughts that we're caught up in creates problems. That's the, if you, Joyce, if you excuse the expression, the poor reality testing. That's why it's so easy for Joko to end the chapter by saying attention means attention. Ellen, you I have a question about the, that beginning story, though. Yes, um, fine. Uh, the master picks up his brush and writes the one word attention. The student complains. And are we then to... I, I just, it's just a point of curiosity. Are we then supposed to see that the master writes the word twice or is that just uh yeah he's not writing again there i i just want yes. to make sure I'm, I'm interpreting that accurately yes so in a sense if, if you hear it if if you want to look at the um process the the student says is that all there is so the the master writes it uh, uh writes two times the the character Um, so in one sense he's feeding the students um, wanting more in another sense he's taking away the more by writing the exact same thing again and then he's doing it three times and the student says well I need something that's that's profound and, and subtle, or subtle, those aren't profound and subtle. So the teacher does it once more. Attention, attention, attention. Despite the fact that the student says, no, I need something 
that's profound or subtle, and what you're writing isn't profound and subtle, because I, the student, know what's profound and subtle, and yet he gives it to him again. So what does he get? He gets the student to be frustrated and to really study, you know, chew on and, and get, what does attention mean? You know, the student's demanding, what do you mean attention? That doesn't, I, so the master says again, attention means attention. But then that's the crack. I mean, that's the, the beginning of awareness when at least he gets, uh, like that the frustration causes the break that causes the student to ask, what does that even mean? And he's, uh, I'm going to assume that he still doesn't understand it. I, that's as far as she goes. That's as far as the part. story goes. It might be that the, the, the student then just, threw it down and walked out in a huff and said, I'm never coming back here. They don't teach anything useful here. Who knows what the student did? Or had great awakening and bowed down. Oh, yes. Or, who knows? Oh, well, this is more of this Zen garbage. I can't. <laughs> I, so is, the, is that the rest of the... I mean, that's this it. story is, is, is the whole story? That's the whole story. No, no. At least in the versions that I've seen, this is it. Uh-huh. <laughs> attention you know, is that, attention. It's satisfying also that it stops there without yeah. That's right. Well, it had to give Joko an, an opportunity to talk about it. Any other comments or questions or points that you want to bring up? So who's trying to figure it out? That's another question. I don't know. It's just that I I notice. There is a noticing that there is um, uh, partial awareness. Well, uh, instead of calling it partial awareness, noticing that there's 
caught up in thoughts that are trying to figure it out. Notice that thought and then use that as the opportunity to, again, be present without even calling the name. It's partial awareness or whole awareness or 80%. That's That's already thinking about it and judging it. And that's our tendency. Or even if there's discomfort, fine. Let the discomfort be included in this moment as is. The wanting it to be a certain way or thinking about it, is this the way it is, it's supposed to be, is already the thoughts that are, in a sense, hindering us, in a sense, blinding us. So when we notice those, we just treat those as thoughts to open up, so to speak, and be what we keep telling ourselves, well, this isn't all there is, is it? Well, Oh, what what else should I need to do? Uh, And you're right. It's something we're so unused to because we want to direct our attention. We want our attention to fit some ideas we have about how it should be. We want this present moment to fit some agenda we have. So, yeah, that's good that you notice that. And... Practice means being willing to be as this is and to notice all the ways we want to weasel out of it in some way or set demands and rules on it. So that's that's good that you notice that. See, noticing is always the opportunity, the reminder and the support to, so to speak, pop into the moment where is that we always are. We always are this moment and yet we have to from time to time pop into it because we've popped out of it into our feeling thoughts or whatever other ways we manifest. Then it's just being this moment. Attention is attention. Awareness is awareness. Nothing extra needed. Okay. Unless someone else has something they want to bring up, this is good. Next week we'll do false generalizations, whatever those are. Um, it, that's a, it, it's a little longer, but however, don't believe that we're done with attention. So if there's something that comes up from that, you're welcome to bring it up and we can include that in next week's class as well. Thank you all. Thank you. Good night. Bye.